This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast, the podcast about tabletop gaming and the CarnageCon convention in New England, where we play all kinds of tabletop games. I'm at the Green Mountain Gamers Mega Spring Meltdown today. Uh, semi-sunny day in late April, <laughs> overlooking gorgeous Lake Mori, and with me today is Gaylord. Hello! Gaylord is the elder statesman of the Carnage staff. He's, that means I'm old. <laughs> he's the most venerable and wise of the, of the Carnage <laughs> staffers. Yeah, uh... How are you? Oh, good. I'm quite good. This has been uh, a good game day. They've had a lot of stuff going on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you played anything yourself? No, I've been walking around with a TV camera, taking pictures, and I suddenly realized that in since eight o'clock, eight thirty this morning, so five, ten, nine hours, I've shot five hours of video. That's crazy. Yeah, um, and it'll probably edit down to. I hope at least a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I can get an hour out of it if I stretch it. It'll be a compelling half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who have you been talking to for that? Everybody. I I have interviewed the the people that uh, run the game day. Uh, I've interviewed some of the Carnage guys, uh, Bob Mosdell, uh, and quite a, quite a few people. Uh, uh, what's her name? Chris Kristen Wood. Yeah, Kristen Wood, who is uh, going to get married to uh, Carlo. Carlo. Kristen and yes. Carlo. And I went out with her, and we went for a, a walk, stood by the flagpole, and she gave me the story about uh, the two of them hooking up and uh, him proposing to her out there and all that. So, and that was kind of cool, mm-hmm. yeah, to know that we had something to do with that. They're getting married here, or, or is that a different couple? I, I actually, I didn't even ask her where she was getting married. I, I, I kind of assume here. Because he really likes this place. Yeah. Uh, he was an, I, I interviewed him, and he, boy, was he eloquent. And he was almost hard to keep in frame at times. <laughs> Very he energetic. Had, yeah. He's a great guy. Carl is the king beyond the wall. He's from Quebec and frequently commutes to Vermont for all the gaming. Um, and uh, let's see, I don't know who else I've talked to. Bethany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The new mastermind behind Green yeah, Mountain Gamers. She's, she's really sharp. She, yeah, I like her. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like her. They're all good good folks. Um, so I've been, I finally, I've been, lately I've been uh, taping the um, board, uh, the role-playing games. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work because most of the time you know, you're just sitting there. Yeah. You know, as opposed to a board game where at least you're throwing dice and all this. Yeah. But you, um, you've got the, the dialogue and you can sort of creatively intercut it. Yeah. And I, I, I've got a camera with a fairly directional mic on, so I don't know how the sound's going to be. Mm-hmm. But we'll figure it out. We'll, it'll work out one way or another. Yeah. And we'll put, get it on public access. So role-playing's your field, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I love role-playing. Uh, I've been doing it, actually I've only been doing it for, for 20 years, which isn't that long because I'm 
62, mm-hmm. 61, something like that. I'm 60 something. North of 60. Yeah. Uh, but my kid, Paul, got me into it uh, when he was in, I think he was in high school and he was playing it with his buddies. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I was trying to be cool and, and yeah, I, be part of the group, kind of. And, you know, I, he was a, uh, yeah, it was good that way. What were they playing? And they were playing D&D. Mm-hmm. Now, they probably second edition. Because that would be early 90s? Yeah. Yeah, because Paul's, I think Paul's 20 years younger than me, exactly. So, uh, yeah, they, they were crazy, though. I mean, I don't know if you know. Actually, it was in college that he really got going. Because mm-hmm. uh, some of those, I knew all his buddies, and they were insane people. They had a party. They, they, they had a party that was consisted of good, neutral, and evil characters all in the same party. You got to have the rainbow. Yeah. And, of course, they the, the evil guys didn't see the good, and the good guys didn't see the evil. And, you know, was, they, they, they had to play around with, with some of it. But, all right, yeah. so what was set, set a scene for for one of these games? There's Paul and his college friends, yeah, and Paul's dad, yeah, and well, uh, well, step step stepdad, yeah, because uh, his dad would never play role playing. His dad was a little straighter than that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I I would I watched them a few times mm-hmm. when they would meet at his at our house, and. Uh, Dining table, basement? Dining table. Yeah. And it was insane. They, they, I I can remember one where they were, uh, I'm trying to think what they were, that they were dealing with Nazis. They had gone through a wormhole or, or some kind of hole. Yeah. Went back in time. Hitler was a lich. Sure. Yeah. And they were dealing with them, and they didn't know, now they went from medieval to Nazi Germany, so they had they didn't know what a tank was, they didn't know what any of that, and uh, and they all played it straight. They yeah. played it like it really was, and it was it was fun. It was fun watching them, and and once they figured out Hitler was a lich, they didn't have any problems with it. They went, on. <laughs> of course, they were all like level fifty twos by then. Okay, so it was sort of an epic level money hall kind of game. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, I can remember they they go like they move into a town. Mm-hmm. How the hell did they? One person had a a, hat, a helmet that would a hat that would send you to hell. Just a hat. Yeah, and they would convince the the evil ones in the party would convince the townspeople that it would send them somewhere good, and they would get rich. And so they'd give them what money they had now, so they would get rich, and they'd all end up in hell. Like I said, it was it was a good group. It was a, an informative group. Now, the evil characters are doing this. Are the good characters aware of this? Are they well, different? I'm trying to remember how they would do it. They would they would would play it out though. The, the yeah. I actually probably the evil would be in one part of the town, and the good would be in the other part, and the neutral were. Yeah, they were making hay with both of them. So, so, so they were. So everybody was using the good is dumb uh, yes, model. Yes, yes, good is dumb. Yeah, uh, and know? and that's that. Yeah, you know, I never played it, mm-hmm. but that uh, that that's what got me started. 
And I know the first thing I, I ever played was a vampire lark up at uh, Northeast Wars. Sure. Way back when. And Northeast Wars is a uh, convention that ran in the 90s in Burlington yeah. and is fondly rem remembered by some. Yeah. It was the first of its yeah, kind in it the was, it was It was a con. It was great. But uh, uh, who was it? Steve Tatro and uh, Lon, uh, Lon Tatro and Steve Rubino. Yeah. I've those guys. And it was, I remember I had no clue as to what I was doing. And I walked in, and uh, John Spaulding mm -hmm. was sitting there. Waldo. Yep. And I sat down next to him, and he's, he says, you know what you're doing? And I went, nope. He says, I'll show you. <laughs> and he did. He was, I couldn't have picked a better guy to, to, to lead me. Um, and we we ended up, it was a vampire uh, role-playing game. Yeah. Was it, was it LARP or tabletop? Tabletop. Okay. And we ended up... Uh, for some reason, we went and met Dracula. We had to meet. We had to to meet Dracula and get him on our side in order to save Burlington. Mm -hmm. And Dracula, known to be fond of New England. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember all that happened, but we had a, a psychotic werewolf who was actually two people. Two kids were playing him, and because we just had had enough of him, so we made him play one character and they were great they uh so were they like were they struggling for control of the werewolf yeah, back and forth yeah and whoever talked first that's what you did <laughs> and they got they they said the wrong thing to dracula and he vaporized them or something which was quite good mm -hmm. but uh i remember lon tatro uh was I think he was like a level 10 and he was the the highest level we had you mean like he, he had a low generation yeah low yeah generation yeah. and uh his uh i don't know i'm trying to remember how he did it. he said something to to uh to dracula about look i'm the prince of the city now because all the elders have been killed so you know treat me treat me right yeah and only he didn't say it that way. He was an anarch. And Hitler, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, could have been, should have been Hitler. Uh, Dracula, you know, rain of fire or something down on him. And I can remember him rolling his soaks, and he rolled like ten soaks. I mean, he rolled like a perfect roll. And uh, uh, Steve Rubino was playing the, the GM, mm -hmm. and he goes and. Lon is standing there, nothing wrong, nothing happened to him after this horrible thing. And Steve Rubino said, "Now, let that be a warning to you. I can really out." And that it was excellent. That's what I like. I love players like that who they aren't afraid to roll uh, to go for it big, and then they roll big. Yeah, he did, and it it was good. The the Steve, I I've, I've found most of the people that I played with throughout the years. Uh, you get two or three guys at the table that are role players yep. that are willing to make fools of themselves and and do the the whole you know, play it the way you should. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon everybody is, even the people that are shy. Yeah, and that's always been my thing. Is like I have a hard time. Anytime I come to a convention table, it takes me like an hour and a half to be ready to yeah. to get a little sillier. Yep.
Yeah. I remember playing, uh, I guess it was at Carnage once. I did, uh, oh, the, the Brunswick, uh, Brunswick Spa, the, the five streams that are, uh, that each, uh, Metallic? Have five, have five different, uh, bases. Yes. Boron and, Arsenic yeah. and so I played that uh, with you at um I know the name Bakaretsu Con. Was it Bakaretsu? I played that? you may have done it here, but I played yeah. it at Bakaretsu with you. And I can remember okay, so it was you. That was because you were really quiet. Yes. And you were kind of and I remember trying to draw you out. Yeah, yeah. And finally you kind of came out and you were playing a quiet character though you picked somebody that was good yeah that, well it was good but it wasn't encouraging me to to reach out either yeah but that was yeah. like my second that, session ever that was I, I i could i that's funny because i it was you i i can remember you now back then i wasn't i was thinking uh i couldn't remember who it was yeah but that's great I remember that game because that was the one where we ran uh, the characters ran across a, uh, a Ku Klux Klan rally yeah. in Vermont, but they didn't know it because they were approaching the Burning Cross from the yep. one angle where it looks like a burning yep. telephone pole. Yep, that was oh boy, that was so perfect because I had planned sort of planned it, and I said if they come in from here, and you did, mm -hmm. and the that white would be robes so smart and, going the long way around. Yeah, and those guys. You know, showed up with their white robes and their chants, and you know they had to be cultists. Of course. Yeah, and they were. They were just Ku Klux cultists. Yes. They worshipped a different yeah. hideous ideal. Yeah, and of course you killed three or four of them, but that's, a, that's yeah. beside the point. That's fine. Then I think yeah. we took off and called it a day. Yeah. Now, that was, that, actually, that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. always wanted to know how that was going to, to progress from there, because it seemed like we were yeah, always skirting we, the, the danger. Yeah. Like, if we dug another foot, we'd have found something under the spot. That that really, it did run out. And it it had an okay ending. Mm -hmm. I mean, the I can't remember the creature, but there was some tentacled creature that was buried there that, uh, you know, each tentacle was putting out a different thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you dug down far enough, you would have reached it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, so how far are you going to dig? Oh, we're going to dig this far. Now we're bored. We're leaving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what was okay because it, it it actually we didn't end up with the final fight, but who cared? Yeah, because you, you, we didn't really need it. I that's almost a, a, an anthem to uh, to things. You always have you end up with the final fight. Yep. And I'm thinking back on the number of games I've done, and the best ones ended up not having that. Mm -hmm. The people, the players all went, hmm, I don't think I want to go there and would turn around and leave. I did uh, uh, one about the uh, the Black Panther, the H.P. Lovecraft's Black Panther that lives in the hills that, that does stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and there was, uh, oh yeah, it was the old Fort Number 4, okay. which is in Charleston, New Hampshire sent a guy to Canada and brought, to bring back some gold. Came back down, got ambushed, and that was the end of it. You know, they, they, they didn't know. And that, that was a true story. Um, so I took it from there and had him ambushed uh, on Camel's Hump when they were building the long trail. So it was 19... 30s. 30. Yeah, it was 30s. Um, 
and they were building a long trail. Mm-hmm. And I had a, uh, a crew, some college students, a cook, you know, yep. foreman, um, who were building it. Well, they came across the gold. Yeah. They, uh, I think somebody had researched it. One of the students had researched it. One of the other students had had uh, found his research, had plagiarized him, or didn't really plagiarize him, but uh, would have if he'd had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then found out, oh, there's this gold here, so he's along. I ran it two places, mm-hmm. and I once at Carnage and once somewhere else. And the one at Carnage had uh, Waldo in it, mm-hmm. had uh, John Spaulding, uh, Tom Meckler. I can't remember the other guys, but they were all, they all played it to the hilt. They played it just the way you should. And it was totally different than anything I'd ever run. We didn't have a single dice roll in the, in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we sat around uh, playing the game. And I, I'm saying, uh, basically, I, t- I would tell them what they were doing or what they were seeing. Yeah. And then they would take over. Yeah. And I'd sit back and I'd watch for a while and oh yeah, that's what you see. Okay. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic. I, I've never had that that's probably the only time I've ever had that experience. And they ended up not going they were supposed to they uh if they'd gone up there and killed the, the Panther, uh they would have found out that he was a guard panther, but he was guarding them and not from something oh. instead of the other way around. Uh, which the other guys that played it in actually was Northeast Wars. Okay. It was a Sunday afternoon Northeast Wars. Yep. Tom Torman, uh, Scott LaSalle, mm-hmm. God, a bunch of other guys. And Tom Dorman, who I don't know if you know this, Tom Dorman is the absolute worst dice roller ever. I'm. I, I would take issue with that. I feel. Oh, I feel. I occupy that uh, high no, throne. No, you're nowhere near. And at at uh, Total Con, yeah, Tom and I went down once, and we tried to open a wellhead. It was padlocked. Across the street, a bunch of guys were building a house. Mm-hmm. Tom goes over, pulls out a a, a thirty-eight. Points at point blank range at the well house, shoots six times, misses every time. Yeah. Then walks over to the construction site and says, Can I borrow a crowbar? My car's stuck. Now, Tom is <laughs> forward three months to Northeast Wars. Tom is, uh, puts his, he has a double barrel shotgun. Mm-hmm. Puts the gun up against the the panther's head and pulls the trigger. Yeah, I'm gonna say blow his head off. Before I can say that, he grabs dice and rolls it, and he rolls a ninety-eight. This is Cthulhu. That's bad. Yeah. So I go click. Pull the other one, and I'm like, as long as you don't roll a, a hundred, you're okay. He rolls a hundred, misses. Scott, who's sitting there watching this whole thing, says, "Wow!" Oh, Scott was with us in 
telephone. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of padlock in that cat's head, and I lost it. I, it was one of those, you know, Sunday afternoon at a con. I had not slept in two and a half days, and I started laughing, and I couldn't stop. And I bet you for a minute, minute solid. And enough so people were concerned that I and finally I got control. And I looked at Tom, started laughing again. But, but anyways, that that they uh, that one they killed the cat and went in after the gold, and they got wiped out. So yeah. it, it was good. So it seems like you 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 sort of hit on one of those things you find in role playing games. Sometimes you'll you'll have the players who like. Well, we're going to play characters who are sensible and not about to walk into a, a what is clearly a horror story, and we need to get back to town while the road isn't washed out. Yep. But then you'll have the other people who are like, no, we're here to have an adventure, and the, the yep. characters may die, but we're going to enjoy that process. Yep. Yeah, and and actually both groups are great. Yeah. One, uh, uh, you look at them and go, wow, well, that's the right thing to do. That's what you would really do. Mm-hmm. And one of them you go, oh. I'm glad you did that <laughs> and go after them. Do you ever get this? This has hit me sometimes when I'm when I'm in a game where everybody's you know being sensible. It's like, are I come away from it feeling like we could have done more or we could have been doing something as opposed to the safe thing? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, and probably it's more fun mm-hmm. to do the the crazy stuff but every now and then you get a group and they're all on the same wavelength yeah and they're all yeah, like these these uh, the the six guys that were playing at carnage they and it, it wasn't like they uh, um, yeah it wasn't like they were doing the sensible thing they just they role played for real okay and and that was kind of neat I, I it's pretty rare to see that yeah yeah, the whole group being yeah. in Sapatica like that. Yeah, the, I mean, like, all of them were like that. Um, so uh, how far do you spin that out? When You know, if, you know, they're playing scared college students who need to get down off the mountain, how far out does that player, do you say, okay, you guys have left the scenario? It depends. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a con game, of course, you're playing for four hours. You're not going to ever play these characters again. Yeah. Uh, or if you do, it's it's totally different. Yeah, they'll reset. And so you keep everybody alive for, yeah, for at least three hours, and preferably, uh, you keep them alive until the last fight where you kill them horribly. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they're playing, if they're playing kind of straight, uh, I. I play it kind of straight. I might throw a, a hook or something at them, because uh, you you got to have some drama. Um, but the you know these guys, uh, like I said, they uh, they took uh, they went back to town with not without killing the, the thing, and uh, having shot through the padlock. Yeah, and a couple of them went crazy. One one guy went crazy, and uh, there were you know a few casualties. One guy moved to Australia. I mean, but uh, where is that on the phobia chart? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this year at Carnage, I plan on running a game based on uh, uh, the the what do you call it? The weather the Wh- wind windmill, the windmill on Grandfather's Knob. Yeah, 
which, which is out west yeah, by Rutland. By Rutland. And, of course, it's probably, I don't know, I doubt if, I don't think you could see it from Kellington uh, because of the, the way the mound is. Yeah. But it's about six miles, seven miles in a straight line. Mm -hmm. And in 1942, they built a one and a quarter megawatt wind generator on the mountain. And they they hooked uh, they used uh, the system they use today to hook to the grid so that you could send power back and forth. That was invented for that uh, wind generator. And I'm going to play um, a not uh, a game that takes place in 1942. It, it, uh, late 1943, it uh, the one of the wings broke, mm -hmm. and they never fixed it. The war was on. Yeah. So, so this is when it's working. Uh, I am going to get, the players will play a troop of Boy Scouts who adventure there. Mm -hmm. It won't. It probably won't be a Cthulhu. It'll probably be. Something close to Cthulhu, but not quite. And I'm planning on running it in the morning for kids, yeah, and in the evening for adults, right. And I I can't wait. I mean, I'm gonna. I, I want to see what the difference is going to be because I I don't know. You know, sometimes I think, wow, those kids are going to go crazy, but will they? I mean, you know, maybe they'll they'll play it straight, and yeah. the adults will go crazy. I I just don't know. Yeah, because kids are more likely to, to to respond naturally to that. Yeah, because they're in that age range. But at the same time, they're a little they're a little less concerned about consequences. Of course, I'm worried about. I've never role played with kids. Yeah, but you've and run Playorama so many years. Yeah, but that's that's different. That, that you know, I I don't know how old the kids are going to be. For one thing, uh, you know, if they're eight, that's one thing. If they're like twelve. Or eleven, yeah, yeah. That's that's something totally different. So we'll we'll see what it what what comes of it. But I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're going to modify Cthulhu for this? No, I I think I'll run Fudge. Okay, I, I, just because it's it's the simplest gaming system. Yeah, I think it's uh, after yeah, flip a coin. Yeah, well, roll dice. Yeah, yeah. For uh, fudger plus minus and zero or blank. Right. And really, my gaming, my gaming doesn't take a lot of dice rolls. No, I, I, uh, I'm heavy into story. Yeah. Uh, I remember that from a vampire game where you weren't a fan of spending willpower points. No, I, I, I always thought that was cheating. And it's not. It's not at all. But yeah, why spend a willpower point when you, it's much more fun to watch somebody frenzy? <laughs> See, this is where at that time I was like, no, I want my character to be good all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I used to love that. Then I'd always have, uh, yeah, somebody like, yeah, you know, come up with a bucket of gasoline and throw it on somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was always some <laughs> tasers. I I remember one guy. Oh, I was playing a game with. Uh, I had Paul was in it, Scott, Tom Dorman. Mm -hmm. and I can't remember who I did it to. It was some guy that I didn't know, and his character 
somebody threw a bucket. He ended up being doused in gasoline. And like an idiot, he grabs his taser and shoots the guy. And I'm like, why you? Okay. All right. Yeah. And he, the guy was like four feet away from him, shot him with a taser, and burned horribly, running from the room. Did a Richard Pryor. It was, uh, yeah, that was the one. It was a murder mystery. Yeah. And I remember the, t- the guy split up. There was Tom and Paul and was one group. They were going to investigate one area. And Scott and the other guy, I can't remember his name now, uh-huh. had gone off to check at something else. Classic Scooby-Doo. Let's split yeah. up, gang. And Scott and his buddy, nothing. Tom and his friend, uh, Tom and Paul, found the house that the guy was being murdered in, going from there. And Tom Tom uh, got on Paul's shoulders to look in through a transom over the door. Uh-huh. And it was painted black. So he cranks his Auspex, whatever, he had Auspex, he cranks that to the max. Yeah. And just in time to hear running footsteps, the guy slams the door open, hitting Paul, and by proxy Tom, who was on his shoulders, uh, knocking Paul off, backwards off the landing, dropping Tom straight down, where he looks up with his full aspects on at a naked light bulb. <laughs> so he goes blind. And the guy's charging down the road. Paul gets up. He's chasing him. Tom gets up. He's hearing him. He's chasing him. They, this guy had enough head start. There was no problem. Except Paul rolled a crazy celerity roll. I mean, just a whole bunch of tens. Celerity is the super speed of vampires. Yes. And catches the guy, which would not work because... You know, we had two more murders to commit for one thing. Yeah, you know, we were only like half done. Luckily, Tom had to roll. And as I've said before, Tom is bad. Yep. So Tom rolls, and he rolls perfect. I mean, he you couldn't ask for a nicer roll. And I'm like, great, just what I needed. Oh. Tom runs into up. Yeah, Tom runs into Paul, knocks him down. The other guy gets gets knocked down, gets up, and runs away. And it was it was so great because Tom looked at him and said, "You idiot! Why didn't you stop?" And Tom looks at Paul and says, "You idiot! I'm blind. How what am I supposed? To? I didn't know it." And and they were both serious. They 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 were so much into the story that they. they oh, oh, it's great. And wow. it was only temporary blindness. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I can remember. Yeah, that was funny. That was great though, because I, I was like, how how's he gonna now? How is this guy gonna get away? He does. He has no um, physical skills whatsoever. Yeah. Good old Tom to the rescue. Thank you, Tom. Well, we played uh, Call of Cthulhu, right? Which was the Winnie the Pooh version of Cthulhu, and the guy who played Pooh was a D and D player. 12-year-old D&D player. And everybody else was either an adult or a kid that wanted to play Winnie the Pooh. Right. And this guy wanted to role play. 
and uh, well, who actually wanted to play in D and D, were uh, taking and making armor out of his, his pumpkin, you know, that kind of stuff. And that was that was kind of hard because a lot of a lot quite a few of the adults didn't like it, mm-hmm. but they they were luckily adults. Uh, the kids who were playing, or the kid, the other kid was great. And at nine o'clock, uh, one of the girls, one of the kids, had to go because she had a spelling bee the next day, and state spelling bee. So she was going to that, and he got tired of it and said, oh, "I'm going to go." Yeah. And then somebody took. Actually, we had a, a woman who came in and took one of the one of them place. And then it was great because then we got really Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. And it got, I mean, I much more than I, I mean, we had rabbits, friends, spread eagle and, and gutted. And, 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 oh, it was, it was awful. Yeah, I think, it, yes, awful's the word. Yeah, but I, I, and I couldn't have done that with kids there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but that, that I remember in uh, Northeast Wars, uh, 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 Mick, uh, Rod's son yeah. was 14, maybe, and he played a fighter. It didn't matter what he was playing, his character got in fights. Yep. Even if the character wasn't, yeah. and he didn't have the aptitude for it. Um, no, he always had a character that, that had the aptitude. Okay. He, he made sure he was going to get in fights. Right. So he's he wants to play one of my games, and he comes up, and I had a character you know, almost built for him. And we played for about an hour and a half. And I had five adults and Mick. And the adults were getting pissed. They were, they, he just wasn't playing the way they were. And I remember he threw a stick of dynamite into a bar as he was leaving. And I had it Go out, hit the uh, go out because of the blood on the floor, blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, why don't we take a break?" And I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. because the, the, I, this was maybe my third game, I think. And the adults were not happy, and Mick wasn't really happy. And I remember I walked off and I couldn't think of what what was going on, so I put my arm around Nick. Uh, Mick and I, I said, hey, Mick, listen, you know that you're the only fighter in the group. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got to protect them. They're spun a bunch of scientists, and you know, they're, they're wimps. Mm-hmm. They have nobody else to protect them. Yeah. And I said, well, you can't protect them if you're out fighting and doing all this stuff. There's going to be plenty of that, but you got to watch out for these guys. And he, oh, okay, took off. And uh, and he, he took it to heart. And one of the adults decided, oh, I'm an adult. <laughs> you know, he's a kid. Why am I mad at him? And he started, took him under his wing, kind of. And then it was great. For the next two hour, two and a half hours, we played with Mick as a fighter, but as a, as the fighter that, that they needed. A defender or yeah. guardian. And... and they had a great time, and we put a hole in the lake that was draining it. <laughs> and, yeah, it was Lake Champlain. 
uh, drain a lake like you did. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't drain all the way. It only drained like four feet. But, you know, because then we, the next uh, year we went back and plugged it. So it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, but that, that probably more than anything, when you deal with different levels of, of uh, abilities, desires, yeah, that can be the toughest thing. Yeah. I roll, I did one in Burlington where I was rolling all the things that the GM should roll. I, I, and it was a pain in the neck because, and, you know, you, it's a lot more work. But I rolled, uh, somebody did an auspex check on a bum who was just a bum. I rolled a botch and a botch and a botch and a botch. I mean, like four botches and no successes. So, so I look it up. And it was, I ended up having, they, they were convinced he was a crazy uh, mage. Oh, there are two other things. But it, it, he was like powerful and crazy and a mage. Was this Sam Hate? No, no, this wasn't. This okay. was, this was just some bum. Sure. And, but, you know, I botched and botched and botched. So I told them what they saw and then Flip the book out, and they're looking through the things. Oh, he's swirling. And, yeah, you know, and they're like, "Uh oh!" And so they started running from the thing, and it was great. Then it was, it was like the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, um, but I hadn't, I hadn't planned on it. Mm-hmm. Did that take over the, the rest of the game? It, it actually, it kind of did. They kept running from the because this guy's walking around Burlington, and they're seeing him. In quite a few places, probably more places than would be possible, but that's okay. So they just kept fleeing from him? Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was excellent. That was the one uh, I had. I don't even remember what the characters were except for the Malkavian, mm-hmm. the vampire one. Yeah. And I had a Malkavian with a personality disorder, uh, uh, multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this for Tom with Tom Dorman in mind, and he played it once, once or twice, but it was too good a character. So I brought him out for everything. He was like a Jerry Springer hooker, a he, yeah, but a Jerry a Jerry Springer hooker. Uh, Oz, uh, uh, Mrs. Harriet, you know, perfect mom, TV fifties TV mom. I think a little kid that was a computer whiz. And then his, his main character, which was a psychiatrist who had been taken by a Malkavian. And they all had specific uh, codes, uh, things that would trigger their uh, responses. Right. And I remember whenever uh, the, he, he saw red shoes, he would turn into the hooker. Oh. Tom played it to the hill. <laughs> Tom was wonderful. Tom, known for his pole dancing at Firefly. Yeah. Yes. Now, you were were you there? I was in the room. I saw it out of the corner of my eye. Well, yeah, everybody in the room saw it. <laughs> One, <laughs> I, mean, I have never seen, heard so much applause. When, you know, and, oh, he's embarrassed about that. There are pictures. Yep. The table next to him voted him their best role player. I mean, it was it was it was good. It was good. 
<laughs> so he so he had the the multiple personality. Yeah, character. he and, and then not not at that time. Not this was no, it was a different game. Right? Yeah, he he was, that I created it for him, mm-hmm. and like I said, he played it to the hilt. He was was wonderful. Dirty dishes. That was the one that brought the mother about. I don't remember. Oh, when he was scared, the little kid would come out who was a computer whiz, but but very timid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I think it was going to sleep or something. Unconsciousness brought the he'd wake up as himself. Right. That was a good character. That's that other thing. When when you do a con, uh, you make the characters. Yeah. You don't what you don't make people spend a half an hour. You know, doing it's not even half an hour. It's usually hours. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You know. You leave the names off, and you let them you know play with it as, as much as they want. Yep. Uh, how much design? How much forethought do you put into a group of characters? Like, oh, we need some. Fighters, defenders, we need some brainy types. Well, if, if I'm going to have six people play, I'll try and come up with eight characters, and I'll, I will pick one of, uh, you know, like if you've got eight archetypes in the, in the, the system, I'll pick one of each. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, and let them go, let them decide what they do. And sometimes you end up with three fighters, and sometimes you end up with no fighters. Mm-hmm. So it works out. What so... Else? If you have one hope for Carnage on the Mountain this year, now that we're moving to Killington with a fresh start in a new hotel, yeah, what do you? What's your hope? I hope that we don't get too big. I, I'm that. That's my one concern. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, we've been about five hundred people. Yeah. And, you know, that's almost as big as I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. We got five hundred people that know each other for the most part. Know the face. I know the faces. Like, yeah, I, there are many people whose names I will not yeah. know, but they're like, "You're the person who's always running the Wild West setup." Yes. Yeah. You're the guy from Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah. It, it just you know him, and I would hate for it ever to get so big that we that you've got, you know, seven hundred people mm-hmm. that don't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's my my one fear, and I you know, I'm hoping I. Yeah. That's your fear, but what what's a hope? Well, that we keep on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that we just keep on. I I think we're gonna end up. I don't know why, but six hundred and fifty people, six hundred and thirty people, somewhere around there. I think that's our natural size. Yeah, uh, and we can do that, Kellington. Yeah, and then I'd like to. Just you know, it's like uh, Bethany was was saying when she walked into Carnage for the first time uh, four years ago. She went, "Wow, the, I belong here. <laughs> I fit. These are nice people." And I I, I like that. Yeah. I like seeing people come in the hotel and go, "Hey, Bill. Oh man, how are you doing?" And he hasn't seen him since last year. Yeah, yeah. That's what. A, that's that's. And I hope that keeps up. I well, hope that keeps going. Carnage is very lucky to have such a, a friendly community. Yeah. And I, I like to think there's a self-selection process there where the people who fit stay. Yeah, I really think so. Because we get, we we must have 90% retention rate or whatever, uh, repeat rate, whatever it's called, yeah. at least. And it's cool. And uh, you, know, sometimes, you don't come every year because sometimes 
life gets in the way. Yep. Um, now, you know, being able to stay there, that's that's big. Yeah, having room for people to not worry yeah. about next year. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, cautiously looking forward, but really, I think we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you're going to be planning out uh, the trip to Grandfather's Knob. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'll run any other ones. I, you know, it's funny because, you know, I used to have to, to I, you know, they, I was busy from, you know, when we were a sc- at a scut meet, I was busy from like two days before because we could never get a, a scut meet to set things up. Yep. So I would have to go and set things up. Uh, it, insane. I would have to go and rent tables. Yeah, the carriage was bringing in its own tables. Yeah. Uh, and, oh yeah, I forgot those big, heavy tables that we had. And for, for two or three days before that, because I worked nights, therefore I could do it during the day. And I would it would be busy, and then it was taking the stuff back, yep. and uh, and there was always also the stuff that went on carnage. I I used to be really busy. Well, now I'm not. You know, now I'm like I sit back and and everybody else does everything. Isn't it nice to be the elder statesman? Yeah, it is. It really is. And it all it, there was two things. It was uh, uh, we had, year we had the flu. Everybody got got the flu. Yeah, the year pandemic came to college. Yeah, and I was real. I got pneumonia from the thing, and then I had a stroke the year, the next year. Yeah, and I could, you know, I could function, but I really wasn't up for doing a, a whole bunch. They get used to that, <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, yeah. I, maybe I will run games. You know, I ran that one with uh, Andre and uh, Dr. Nick. Yeah, the three-way uh, yeah, Gatsby in the Great Race. God, that was fun. That was, I mean, I enjoyed that so much. And it's funny because uh, I don't know if, you, if you've ever run or played any of Andre's games. One. He is very tight and focused. Yep. You do what Andre wants you to do. And it's, it's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, people really enjoy it. High drama, high theater. Yep. Dr. Nick, yeah. He, he, he's pretty much, he's not quite as, as bad as Andre, or as you know, strict as Andre, but he's, he's pretty straightforward that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I am the total opposite of Andre. I, I, one of my rules is, uh, you know, if you have an idea, go with it, and I'll try and keep up. I, I'll say that. So... Yeah, we got Andre, who's Mr. Straightforward, me, who's Mr. Whatever You Want to Do, and Dr. Nick, who's somewhere in between us. And we're shuffling the people all around, and nobody knew what to do. You know, the people were like, ah, 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 well, well, and I said, what do you want to do? Ah, 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 ah. Why aren't you telling me what to do? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure my guys were going into Andres and going, oh, but can't we go? I, I want to go over there. No, we're going this way. <laughs> and um, you will be disturbed by this drum beat along the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you, you played that one? Uh, I played the one in Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I played. And I still didn't figure it out. Gaylord, thank you for... Uh... Yeah, you're, on the show today. you're welcome. I, I enjoyed it. Of course, I said I can talk about anything for any amount of time. So, so you'll be back soon. Yes. 
Awesome. We'll hear some more about uh, Grandfather's Knob before Carnage Yeah, Run. well, no, I, I gotta be quiet about that, because, yeah, that's what I'm gonna play. You gotta, you gotta throw uh, I, some teasers out there. Uh, maybe. Well, yeah, I can't. Okay. Uh, there are a couple of things I can't say about but I'm not gonna Maybe later. <laughs> maybe later. Thank you. Okay. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com. <laughs>